three, two, one. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Reactiverse podcast presented by Passion Fruit. Uh, today I am here with two very special guests, uh, two channels, not two channels, one channel, two people that I've been watching for several years now. I'm happy to have on the show. Uh, it is the dynamic duo of Jabby Koi and Achara Kirk. Uh, guys, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you jumping in today. I know you guys had a long, uh, your own conversation on uh, your own channel about Spider-Verse. <laughs> so I appreciate we you did. coming on here today for, for another conversation. Uh, yeah, no worries. <laughs> Yeah, uh, like I said, I've been a fan of you for several years now. Um, just when I got into the reactor space, you were one of the first channels I sort of found and like really dived into to see how this whole thing is working. You know, cut to now several years later, I think you're one of the staples of the community. And I'm really happy to have you here today. So thank you so much. Well, thank you for all saying all that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so usually uh, I find it really significant when I'm able to sit down and talk with a pair or a duo, a team uh, for a channel, because usually people uh, tend to start these things uh, individually. I think that's a majority of channels are people who kind of start these things and just go off. They're more comfortable just starting something on their own. But you two have managed to build this channel together um, to great heights. Uh, but I want to start from the beginning, which is uh, Jabby, I know you were an early adopter of YouTube. Uh, going as far back as like 2006, you were making mm -hmm. uh, short films, uh, reels, uh, uh, reviews, so on, so on. Uh, so I wanted to ask, what was your, do you remember your first experience uh, discovering YouTube and what it was like in that early sort of zeitgeist of what it was becoming? Yeah, I mean, it just was a cool spot to like upload your stuff and feature yourself. And I was just trying to have a an area where I could create, um, you know, destination for casting directors and all those kinds of people, other filmmakers and actors to see my stuff, my acting content, my martial arts content, directing content. I was literally just trying to use it as a means to distribute that rather than handing out a VHS or a DVD. Right. It just seemed like easier to give people a link, even if it was 240 or 360p, because YouTube back then didn't have great quality. Right. Uh, it was better than giving someone uh, giving something to someone that was physical. Um, and Greg actually had been trying to encourage me to convert my channel into something that like could be a business for a while. And he's like, dude, you got 500 subscribers. You can do something with that. And I'm like, ah, that's okay. He's like, why don't you do video games or something like that? So Greg w took his own advice and started doing movie-related stuff, movie reviews. The real rejects. The real rejects. Right. Yes. And um, then at some point he started doing reaction videos. Around that time, I started to finally get my feet wet with YouTube, doing movie reviews and stuff like that, and a podcast type thing with Sintel, who is a regular on my channel, he's a host. <laughs> um, and uh, at some point, uh, I decided to embrace reaction videos as well. Um, really, really gung-ho in December of 2015. And, um, and that's when I started to look at international stuff looked at Indian stuff from all over the world, but the Indian stuff is what really popped off in terms of international content. Right. And so Indians kind of hijacked my my first channel, uh, which was called Jabby Koei back then. Now it's called Cinedesi. And uh, then I started an American channel, which was called Get Jabby. Now it's called Cinepals. And Achara joined in around April. She came on as a guest in April of 2016 
and then became kind of full-time in August of 2016. She didn't quit her job until around December 2016, right? Mm-hmm. which is around the time I thought I was going to get 100,000 subscribers, but I beat my, my uh, what do you call it, my goal nine months early, thanks to India. Nice. <laughs> Congrats. Yeah. Uh, were you familiar with the reaction space kind of when you started transitioning into it? Was something that you had been familiar with before, like from other channels, or was it something that you kind of had to like look into and sort of do your research on? So when I started doing it, um, I actually didn't put myself out there first. I was seeing, I was dating this woman who who has a daughter, and I actually put her in the reaction space before myself because <laughs> I was like, I'm not going to do that. That's Greg's <laughs> thing. Uh, and Greg was part of like the Mount Rushmore of reactors at that time, and they were like the at the at the apex of it. And that's why I started doing the international stuff because I'm like, well, they're focused so heavily on. DC and Marvel and American stuff. I'm like, let me try to find a different angle to present to the same American audience because I feel like I'm going to be irrelevant trying to do the exact same thing. Right, right. And so it was because of Greg that I became aware of the reaction space. That makes sense. Uh, and you mentioned, yeah, Achara coming on, uh, being sort of the second half of the channel. Um, Achara, when you came on, uh, did you have an idea of like what you were going to be doing, contributing to the channel? Was it something you guys talked about, planned out, sort of like a game plan for it? No, <laughs> I just I just came on, like you said, I came on as a guest. And I think at the time I had seen some of the videos that he had shared on his Facebook. And I was like, oh, this is so cool. Like, I love movies and I love talking with my friends about movies. And um, at the time, I, you know, I was uh, acting and whatnot. And I was thinking like, I'd really love to get into YouTube, but I don't really know how. And then uh, when Jabby invited me on, I had a lot of fun. Uh, We had a good rapport. And then he just, well, he says that I never left, but honestly, (laughs) he just kept inviting me back. So so I guess I never did leave. But um, yeah, we just kind of kept growing together. And now we have like, we have like a really good understanding of working together. And so we know each other's rhythms and stuff and we can like help each other when we're like doing reactions and stuff like that. And so it's really nice to be able to work with someone who you like understand Mm -hmm. really well. Yeah. Right. Uh, Was the channel how you two met or were you uh, acquainted before that? Oh, gosh. We've told this story a thousand times, I think, <laughs> or more. Um, we knew each other before the channel, um, but not, like, not very well. Yeah. It was, we, we were, like, kind of... Acquaintances. Uh, yeah, we were acquaintances and colleagues in, in the you know, commercial acting space. <laughs> and so I met her because she happened to audition for something I was working on um, because I was running that audition for a casting director. So she came in on a very stressful day. I'm just giving you the short, short version, sure, not no the like long version. But um, so we just met through that and we kept running into each other and, and became friends on Facebook. And then I invited her on. Yeah, we kept running into each other. He never re- remembered who I was <laughs> for about three interactions. Mm-hmm. And then he finally was like, oh, that's the girl. And then, <laughs> and then he and then he called me on his channel and then realized especially for uh looking at indian content Mm -hmm. or like asian content he realized that i had like a pretty good understanding of it having grown up in asia and so he was like oh well this is this kind of balances out the the duo so yeah yeah. um and what was the sort of uh you know logistical 
process of like, because you said you started with the one channel that then like evolved into your uh, Sunny Dusty channel, but then you had the second channel. What was the process of starting the second one? Like, did you do that for just reasons to expand your content, to like like divide things into pockets where you wanted them to fit better? Well, what was happening in the beginning was I, I was really excited at the notion of bringing different audiences together because, mm -hmm. you know, depending on the day of the week, like I would release an Indian reaction and then I would release an American thing and then a Korean thing or something, right? I kept trying to hit different areas. And, you know, with time, very rapidly, the Indian stuff started coming more and more and more because all I was trying to do was honor reaction requests. Mm -hmm. I was like, that seems like a very natural way to grow your channel is to just basically, you know, abide by what the audience is asking you for. Right. Yeah. And the Indian requests were coming in more rapidly than anything else. And so after about six months to a year, I realized I needed to have a separate space entirely for the American stuff because Indians and Americans were bickering in the comments and it just wasn't a productive conversation. Mm -hmm. It like it, it has a lot to do with like that and algorithm and just trying our best to serve the audience that makes sense for the content that we are trying to react on and, and comment on. Yeah, it's like, you know, we like a wide variety of things. Mm -hmm. And there's a number of American things that just don't appeal to the Indian audience. Right. And so to put that on the same channel where you're releasing Indian content just doesn't make sense because then YouTube is going to send it to the, the Indian audience and be like, and then like the algorithmic result uh, response is going to be, oh, your, most of your audience doesn't seem to like this video. <laughs> when in fact, like a substantial amount of the of the right audience will like it. Mm -hmm. For instance, we just covered uh, a few months back uh, Dairy Girls. Recently, uh, just in the last few weeks, we covered Mortal Kombat related stuff. Mm -hmm. And like we look at the numbers, the back end numbers, and it's like the majority is Western territories that like that stuff. So if we had it all on the same channel, that would be a mess. Right, right. It, so it just made sense to put it on discrete channels. And I think it was like in 2018 we started the yeah. American channel. And also because like people were just bickering in the comments. And so <laughs> it was like, you know what? Let, let's not have people fight. Yeah. Like we'll just have a dedicated space for all of our like American and English language content. And then all of our uh, Indian language, like in Indian stuff, because there's lots of different regions within India. And then they're also like bickering amongst themselves about like who's better north, south, whatever, whatever. But at least yeah. it's all like <laughs> it's all Indian content on, on one channel. So yeah. like you, you kind of know what you're going to get, you know. Right, right. Uh, did you feel uh, sort of once that happened, once it was rolling, did you feel sort of pressure to maintain the two channels or was it sort of a liberation to have the space to kind of like put things where you felt they were better suited? Uh, it's a little bit of both. Yeah. Um, that's, that's an interesting question. I mean, the, the pressure isn't really ever something I think about. It, uh, you know, I, I mean, I have in the past year or two uh, just because everything has gotten so much bigger mm -hmm. than when it was just me and a laptop Right. <laughs> my camera like things have gotten exponentially more complicated because now we have a dedicated space for shooting and editing and all that stuff right. where you know if i leave town my team can still function without me being there mm -hmm. like and when we have editors that are abroad it's like it's much more complex than it was before and so in that regard knowing that there are people who depend on us for their paycheck it changes things and it adds pressure but in terms of back then, when it came to the channel uh, or channels, 
what was, what's interesting is like looking at the numbers and going, okay, these are the numbers we had to hit in terms of views, in terms of um, finance, in terms of like profit or whatever. It's like, okay, that's what we had to hit. And it's like today, those numbers are like a fifth of what we have to hit now. Yeah, it's right. just like, just because things evolve and you're taking care of a lot bigger things, you have a bigger audience mm -hmm. or audiences, it's like a lot more substantial in every single regard. And so pressure honestly hasn't started coming until the last you know, two years where it's like, I've really tried to migrate towards expanding us from just jabby or jabby nachara as it were to now a team cinepals and cinepasi right right and that's, that's, yeah. i was gonna ask too because one of the first questions i usually ask people is um you know the origin of the name uh the names were you said uh before previously jabby kway and get jabby uh for the two channels mm -hmm. now rebranded into cinepals and cinedesi uh what was the uh yeah thought process choosing to uh, rebrand for that. And I know, you know, rebranding can be scary, especially in this space to for people to find you. Um, yeah, what was the uh, the logic and also the feeling going into that thinking like we're gonna pull the trigger on this? Well, the, the funniest thing is like Jabby Kauai is not my legal name, right. right? That's a name that I came up with when I was like 11 or 12 years old. And I just kind of stuck to it. It was one of those weird things where, you know, you create you create an email account when you're 12 years old, and then when you're 20, you realize oh, I'm stuck with this name forever now. <laughs> yeah. And it was that kind of thing where it's like, okay, I just have to own this as my identity. It was something I had considered as changing my SAG actor name to being anyway at one point. So I'm like, okay, that's just my identity for online content creation now. Right. Um, and But when things evolved, I was like, oh shoot, like, Jabby Kuwait is not just Indian content. Jabby Kuwait is much more than that. Like, I love the Indian content, but I, I'm not just doing that. And so that was part of what informed me wanting to change the names. Mm -hmm. So even when I changed the American channel to get Jabby, it's like that name still kind of like created weird search results. Right. And I'm like, I needed to find a way to better serve the algorithm and that's in those search results. And so Sinit Desi, the name uh, Desi is a, is a kind of a catch-all word for people from India. Mm -hmm. And apparently also people from Pakistan a little from bit. The, from the South Indian continent. Yeah. yeah. And, but like people know when I say it, I'm talking specific. Right. I, I'm specifically talking about India. Right. And right. so uh, initially I wanted to get uh, different names for the Indian side that spoke to that audience more specifically uh, with relation to us. Right. Uh, so there is this this food that's kind of like to, to us, it would be like top ramen. Right. Mm -hmm. There's a food over there called Maggie. And I wanted to call the channel Cinemaggy. Uh. It's just like, it's just kind of like the way I look at reaction videos is, and I don't mean this in a derogatory way, <laughs> is it's very disposable content. You watch it once, you hang out with the your favorite people who are reacting, and then you let go of that content. You're not going to watch it again versus something like Every Art is a Frame or whatever the name of that channel is or, or whatever. Like there's other channels out there where it's like, you'd probably watch that video over and over again. Like if it was a short film or something, you might watch yeah. it like 10 times. But for our stuff, you're watching it once and you're done. And so with that in mind, like it, it's just it's just kind of like comfort food. Our channel is just comfort food. Mm -hmm. That's how I look at our channels. And so I thought Cinemaggy would be perfect, but then I thought, okay, that branding is gonna become an issue very, very quickly. <laughs> uh, so I changed it to Cinemasala, but that was taken. And I'm like, well, <laughs> that's just great. And so I went for the masalas and my audience hated it. Like I literally like rebranded Jabby Kuwait to the masalas and everyone hated it. So I had a very Sonic the Hedgehog situation where <laughs> I was like, okay, let me make it Sinatesi because that name speaks to that, you know, that group. And like people were like, I don't 
love it, but I don't hate it as much as the masalas, so that's okay. <laughs> and so it just kind of, I'm like, okay, well, that's good enough to just move forward because right. ultimately yeah. it doesn't really matter as long as they can find you. Right, right. Um, Cinepals is just easy because like it, it's all baked into the thought I just expressed, which is we're just your pals hanging out. Mm-hmm. It's just like, it's very disposable content. You watch it the one time, we're comfort food. You watch it and move on, you know? Right. Yeah. So that's where that came from. Got it, got it. And yes, it was very scary. That was extremely <laughs> scary. It took me like a good year, year and a half to change the name. Right. Um, like, it was a very, very difficult process emotionally and mentally because I was so scared of losing my audience. Yeah, because a lot of people were like, why would you do that? You know, like, Jabby Kawei was, it's a brand now. It's not just, it's not just you. It's not your, just your identity. That's like your brand. Yeah. But um, yeah, I remember I remember that day vivid vividly when he was like, "Okay, I'm gonna change it," and then he had the, the button over the like save button. Yeah, yeah. And, like you know, he was it was his mouse was just hovering over it, and we were like, "Okay, let's do it." Boom. Yeah. Done. Change. Yeah. <laughs> now we wait. Yeah. It's it's scary. It's it's. I mean, a lot of people have stopped asking why we changed it, which is great. Yeah. So on the Cinepal side, honestly, the transition was very, very simple. Like there were people who showed up and they're like, oh, it used to be. OK, it's not good jab anymore. It's Cinepal. OK, cool. And like people were fine. That was a very easy transition. The Cinepal side was a lot harder mm-hmm. um, initially. But then, you know, after about five months, I guess people just got used to it. Yeah. I mean, because like, Jabby Koei is still on there. You know, That's if true. you search Jabby Koei, you're still going to find. Shh. Shh. <laughs> Don't search Javi Koei. I didn't do that and find results, okay? Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, but I remember when you made the, the change. Uh, I remember the, seeing the community post for it and everything. And uh, you mentioned that it was it better fit the vision that you had for the channel, which was, I guess, yeah. the kind of the group setting that you were trying yeah. to build and develop uh, with like the collaborators that you have. And that's something that you've really clearly put an effort into since the beginning is having multiple people come on and making this sort of a shared experience, not just like, you know, yourself, but like something that you can spread amongst like different people have different perspectives. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I want to ask, like, you know, what was, uh, did you have a plan from the beginning that you wanted this to be a collaborative thing, like to spread out, or it was something that kind of naturally developed over time? So in the beginning, it was just me trying to get out of my depression. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) That's the honest answer. I was like really, really, really depressed. And I was just trying to find an escape from that depression. I was in a a very, very dark place. And uh, I I credit India for saving my life because like because of the just crazy and attention that I couldn't have anticipated, it took me out of my funk. Right. Uh, in large part, you know, and uh, and Greg was there for me and there was other people there for me that I've, I've done videos covering all that. So I won't rehash all that or retread it rather. Um, but that was the that was the thing in the beginning was just trying to get out of my funk. Um, but then I embraced it and I fell in love with it. I got to leave the job I had before, which is how I met Achara. <laughs> I hated the job I had before because like I just got tired of it. Um, and then after about a year or two, I realized that, you know, we could we could really get burnt out. And that happens to a lot of YouTubers. You get burnt out after like five years and then you're just done. And I, thankfully, we're going on, I guess, seven years now. I am. And we're not burnt out. But that's in large part thanks to the fact that we've expanded. Hmm. And, you know, I I wanted to keep this going and keep serving these audiences. But I also know that at a certain point, you might get tired of me. I get tired of me all the time. Like I, And so in order to keep things fresh, you have to have fresh perspectives. And that's why I had a rotation of guests. But I kind of got tired of chasing people down to come on the channel, even though like I'll pay returning guests. I thought it'd be better to have people who are like 
kind of in-house that right. are just there as staples of the channel so that if I step away, it doesn't feel like the channel is losing its, you know, uh, mojo. It's losing its energy or momentum. Like, it's still all there. It's not just Jabby anymore. It's these, it's the Cinepals or the Cinethases. Like, all these people make up the heart of the channel now so that if I have to go leave and make a movie, this is still happening. Right. You know? Right. The burnout stuff is really real, though. Yeah. Because, like, you said that we're not burnt out, but, like... We get tired. There was a... <laughs> period probably yeah. like my third year of doing this with you i was literally like jabby i cannot work seven days a week um yeah like the, there is no way but sometimes it, it felt like that you know because it's like oh no this this new thing dropped this new thing dropped we need to cover it we need to cover it and mm -hmm. now i feel like there's been a big shift in how we view things and our priorities which is like yes of course we want to cover all of this exciting stuff but we're also uh, really focused on taking care of ourselves and like our physical and mental health mm -hmm. as well, yep. which in the beginning we were just like, go for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. When we're younger, we can, you know, sacrifice sleep and eating sometimes yeah. just like to get the job done. Right. But uh, but yeah, especially for someone uh, of your stature who's been around doing this for a, a quite quite a while now. Um it is very important to my prioritize mental health, physical health in this space. I know uh, people, you know, overlook that stuff. And that is how things start to crumble after a certain amount of time. Um, I spoke yeah. with Greg in, uh, you know, our previous interview. And uh, he mentioned, yes, like he is in that effort of like, you know, building up his own brand of like the Royal Rejects to have, you know, uh, more faces uh, in a collaborative manner like you're, like you're doing. And um, it, it is important for, I think, an individual who's owning the channel and also running it to know like what goes into keeping it afloat but also keeping yourself afloat so you can like yes like kind of manage like those different aspects um and you mentioned yeah. being able to now or this past year uh have like a dedicated space you know for for the team and having like a different rotation of how things are being uh distributed um what are kind of some of the obstacles the newfound obstacles that you've experienced over the last year building that out well the thing is no one is going to have your exact vision and that's true of anything Everyone is going to have their perspective on things, you know, like even if a char is looking at something that I entrust her with, she's going to have a different perspective on it than I will. And that can create conflict if you are like myself or like Greg, where you really like things a particular way. And to relinquish that control is it was a huge hurdle uh, to be OK with things not being exactly how I would want it is a huge hurdle. Um, and then the other part of it is, you know, it's hard to get people to love something as much as you do, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. It's like at the end of the day, you have to live and die with this thing. People, other people don't. And so, you know, besides my, the only other person who cares about my channel as much as Achara does, or the only other person who cares about my channel as much as I do is Achara. Mm -hmm. And, and I guess Andrew would be a close second after that. Um, cause he's, he's very, very passionate about YouTube and, you know, he wants to help us as much as he can. Right. Um, everyone cares, but the thing is, it's like everyone has other things that they're also doing at the same time. <laughs> and I totally respect that. Yeah. And so one of the big hurdles is finding people who will love it as much as you do and be as passionate and hardworking as much as you are in order to make the channel better and better year over year. Um, because my whole philosophy is. If I walk away, things should be better than when I left it. Mm -hmm. And if it's not, I'm doing something wrong. 
and I, I, I'm, I'm not hiring the right people, if that makes any sense. Absolutely. So that's that's one of the major hurdles and maintaining that level of of profit each month and balancing like, OK, I don't want to just look like I'm a money grubbing whore, but I also need to make sure I can pay my rent and feed myself and, and, and pay the people who work for us. It's a weird, tricky balancing act. And I tell everyone as transparent as possible. I'm like, OK, there are three things that we have to feed every month. Our desire, the audience's desire and the algorithm's desire. It's got to hit all three every single day. That's what we're analyzing mm -hmm. in, in whatever we do, whether it's shooting, editing or prepping for someone else to shoot. Yeah, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, yes, prioritizing, you know, what you're putting out on three different levels is like a huge step of uh, maintaining yeah, the quality that you want to put out. Because like you said, you put your heart and soul into this thing and you can have a team that comes up with it. But like you said, the, the, they won't have the same vision that you had when you started it, yeah. going into it. It's it's a really personal, personable thing that, uh, yeah. that gets put yeah. into it. Um, but, yeah. you, but with that, I mean, such a huge part of the channels plural and brand is like you mentioned the Indian cinema like and that's mm -hmm. been such a huge uh, foothold that you've had in that space for several years now um, I want yeah. to ask like what was your exposure getting into that was it something that you were uh, uh, disposed to like beforehand before the channel all that stuff or was it something you kind of learned about as you were developing the channel so, uh, up until a certain point I thought that Slumdog Millionaire was an Indian movie <laughs> and I didn't know it wasn't for the longest time um, and I had seen a film years ago called Chandi Chuck to China starring Akshay Kumar and I thought it was awful and I was like I don't know why I should be watching Indian movies um, and I kind of wrote it off for a, for a long time and I've told my audience the same thing and what happened was in twenty late 2015 I started looking at Indian movie trailers and I was just like this is completely different than my previ previous experience. And I got I got genuinely excited about Indian cinema because I'm like there is like some beautiful trailers here mm -hmm. that like my American friends have no idea exist. Like you know people are excited about RRR. I was excited about things like RRR back in 2015, 2016 before RRR existed by the same director. He had something called Bahubali, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it was like bananas. It was <laughs> like this this kind of stuff is just insane town, and I. I couldn't believe how cool it was. And so that was my exposure is like with through my channel is how I got exposed to it. Just because I was looking for something to share with my American audience. That's how I found it. And I literally you literally watch my love for Indian cinema grow in chronological like, you know, you can see it through the videos if you just if you're able to put it in order. Yeah. Going back to Nirja and, and Sala Caduce, mm -hmm. if you go all the way back, you can see how it the evolution of it all. And like my confidence with it and my like how I'm trepidatious in the beginning because I don't want to offend anybody mm -hmm. and then getting more an understanding and deeper rooted in that culture. And it's almost like I'm not bilingual, but it's almost like I'm cultural, culturally bilingual, if that makes any sense, because right. I, ha I understand the difference between Indian sensibilities and American sensibilities and how to speak to both of those now. Mm -hmm. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, and Achara, yeah. you mentioned that you uh, had uh, uh, knowledge and uh, experience with Indian cinema before the channel and so on. Like, uh, what was that yeah, like? Yeah, like like a little bit um in the sense of like more so indian culture more so yeah indian culture in that uh growing up in thailand uh in the school i went to it, like in thailand we actually have a pretty large indian population which people don't know about um and they're 
like Indian ethnicity and culture, but live in Thailand. Many of them born and raised in Thailand, grew up there, carry Thai nation nationality, but they're Indian. And so like 20% of my school was Indian kids mm -hmm. like this, um, or Indian kids like properly from India. And so I, I had a really good understanding of uh, the culture and everything just from osmosis, from being around my friends. Um, also, you know, every now and then on Thai television, we would get some classic Indian movies, but they were kind of like those stereotypical ones where it's like, oh, I'm in my sari, I'm popping yeah. out from behind a tree, I'm popping out from the, behind the tree, and I'm going to roll down the hill, and then right. the season changes for some random reason um like that sort of stuff um <laughs> for real yeah. uh and 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 then like i had seen some you know like really famous films like uh monsoon wedding mm -hmm. or even just like then living in the uk where there's also a very big indian population watching like british films that had like Indian culture like East is East although that that's technically Pakistani but like East is East uh bend it like Beckham you know that sort of stuff and so that was kind of my experience with it and and like Jabby I was kind of blown away with all the new stuff that I was seeing mm -hmm. I was like oh wow like you know Indian cinema has really come along in leaps and bounds like so so far and and like they're doing really amazing things now as well right uh when you started reacting to them for the channel uh was there a learning curve trying to get those up on youtube was there any difficulties in terms of the, like the copyright system anything like that that you had to learn to navigate um in terms of the copyright stuff in the beginning i wasn't as stressed about it like anyone just starting out like when you're a fresh youtuber and you're just jumping into the reaction space you don't care about copyright stuff as long as your channel doesn't get taken down. Mm -hmm. It's only later on that you realize, oh, I need to be worried about that for a number of reasons. Right. Uh, primarily, you know, you're not able to monetize the video. And if you can't monetize the video and it's your full-time job, like that creates a problem. Right. You know what I mean? It's like how you got to eat. And so um, in terms of the Indian stuff in the beginning, I had another job for the first three, four months that I was, you know, going on that journey of learning about Indian cinema. Uh, and then in March of 2016, I, you know, I hit 100K subscribers and it became my full-time thing. And that's when I started to get more worried about the copyright stuff. And I did what I could to get around it. Uh, one of the things I used to do was I would divide up the reaction and the discussion video yeah. into separate videos. Right. But people, the hardest thing you can possibly do on the internet or in any business, but especially the internet, is conversion. Mm -hmm. It's like to get people to... Like, look at... Eric Voss recently started a new channel called The Deep Dive. And it's like... And I watched his numbers, and it's like... You know, New Rockstars has so many subscribers. And Eric Voss was pushing Deep Dive, and I subscribed to Deep Dive almost right away because I was excited about it. Right. But it took a while to get the ball rolling there. Um, when... when um, Ryan George, I mean, everyone has sort of experienced that kind of thing where it's like they started something new and they're trying to get people over there and it takes a while yeah. for people to catch on to feel the to, to, to be bothered enough to go <laughs> and click subscribe on that other 
thing. You I know? mean, we experienced that with uh, Cinepals or Get Jabby. Yeah. You know, right. like at first when when we announced the change, we were like, hey, so if you if you like the American content, just know that it's going to be on a new channel now. Yeah. And like in the beginning, it was just like, oh, my God, this is kind of disheartening but yeah. uh, what i would say to anyone is like consistency is key yeah. and you just have to just keep keep doing it and yeah. if you're producing good content like hopefully you will find your audience yeah you know? with regards to the copyright stuff it's you sort of learn how to navigate those waters over time but right. the the my advice to anyone who's dealing with copyright stuff is you gotta fight it every time <laughs> like every single time and if you can't seem to fight it if you can't seem to shake it for some reason, then you, you should just get rid of that video. Because if you're doing reaction videos, you're doing high volume. There's no right. two ways about it. Right. You're, you're doing a lot of videos. Yeah. And so if you have a lot of videos and you're gonna try to backtrack later on and deal with those copyright things later on when you realize you don't want any on your channel at all, it's such a headache because I'm dealing with that now. I managed to get Cinepals down to like less than 50 videos that have copyright issues on it that I'm still kind of weeding through. Mm -hmm. um, but Honestly, I had to make some hard decisions about indiscriminately just kind of deleting videos that have copyrights on it because I just like it takes time and patience to go through that process of fighting a video. Right. And it's like if I have to appeal a video, which is very scary, I really only feel comfortable to do, to, to do two appeals at a time because if you do three, let's just pretend <laughs> that all three led to a strike. A strike your channel's gone. Mm -hmm. And so it can be a very nerve-wracking, precarious process. And so that's why it's like, if you're going to get into the reaction space, like try to deal with those copyright things like at the, at the, at the beginning and nip it in the bud early because you don't want it to like be a thing that bothers you two, three years from now if you're still in this space. So, right. oh, do you want to tell the people why they ought to deal with the copyright stuff? I, I have a hard why time. Why not just leave it? Yeah, I have a hard time articulating it, but um, it has to do with the way YouTube views you, especially when you become important. Yeah. So, uh, you know, important. Like, like right. when you become yeah. a bigger YouTuber. Yeah, when you become when you a bigger more, YouTuber. Yeah. And YouTube's like, hey, you know, we, we have, you're a channel partner now, and you know, you you make money with us, and you're you're special, and blah blah blah. Yeah. And but it's like when you try to ask for something, those copyright issues can come up, and it's like, and YouTube views you differently. The way you monetize might be treated differently. Yeah. Like all of it can have a negative impact over time, and you don't think about it because you're not shown all of the the back end mechanics. Mm -hmm. You know, you only see what you see from the creator studio. Yeah, and I guess starting out, you wouldn't really know that because we didn't know that for the longest time. And then when we found out, it's like, oh, actually having a lot of copyright claims on your videos on your channel can affect you negatively for yeah. monetization and all of that. Our minds were blown. We were just like, what? Yeah, because no one told us. Yeah, <laughs> for the longest time. Yeah, and you mean you mean monetization even in the long stretch, like down yeah. the road, yeah. from now it's still yeah. affecting you. Yeah. yeah. It can affect you. Yeah, the way your you know your videos are chosen for ads and stuff like that. Like the none of it's really going to make sense to you when you look at the numbers. Mm -hmm. Like you try to make sense of it, and you go, okay, so this video is ten minutes long, and it's this level of popularity. They had this watch time to it, and it got this much money. So if I can replicate all of those things, it should make this much money again. And it doesn't. Right. It gets like half, or it gets triple. And it's like, there's no rhyme or reason to it sometimes. Yeah. You have no idea why a client is attaching their brand to to that particular video. Right, right. You, you just, like, you just have no idea. Yeah. It can be very, um, very arbitrary. Is, uh, yeah, yeah, it feels that way. Yeah.
Yeah. yeah. But as, as far as the Indian stuff goes, man, like we, I, there wasn't, it, it wasn't hard getting the videos up. Mm -hmm. You know, the the hard part is just dealing with copyrights later on, and when it when you when you're depending on those videos, you know. No, I, I making friends is good. Making, yeah, making <laughs> friends is yeah, exactly. Yeah. I yeah. Uh, I appreciate the breakdown, yeah, because it's very very good knowledge to have for for anyone listening. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, but like you mentioned, like back to the Indian uh, stuff. I know um, a big part of it is that the just from what I've seen this past year, obviously with a certain make of film that came out, um, the Indian community is very very passionate online mm -hmm. like you know they're very eager to be in there to comment to show support um to give suggestions and even educate on like you know to people who wanted to learn more about it um well, what has your experience been sort of like diving into that community of people and like having them come to you and now having such an established platform for them um indians uh i think i think indians with their films are just like you know marvel and dc heads are for Marvel and DC films. Mm -hmm. Like they just want to correct you if you don't have an understanding of something. <laughs> you know, um you know, one of my things that surprised me early on was like how I would watch a trailer and I wouldn't know who that movie star was and they would say, "Oh, he's a legend." <laughs> and I'm like, "God dang, like everybody's a legend in Bollywood apparently." <laughs> like that was my reaction to it initially. Um, but like you, you will get corrected on anything you don't understand, and if you're dis, if you, if you're disrespectful, they will come down on you hard. Mm -hmm. Indian viewers are very passionate, yeah. very vocal, um, and they love what they love. Like it's so fascinating to me to see the longevity of certain stars in mm -hmm. in Indian cinema. Like, I mean, I guess like American stars that we could compare to would be like Tom Cruise, for instance, right. you know, like because Tom Cruise is older now, but he's still doing action films and stuff. But there's not too many uh, actors, I feel, in Hollywood who still have that kind of pull and excitement. Tom Cruise and Keanu Reeves. That's yeah, it. <laughs> Tom Cruise and Keanu, right? Yeah. Um, but then like in India, there are so many, so yeah. many actors who who are older and who are still like kicking ass and taking names mm -hmm. in in a whole bunch of movies and their the fan base is so loyal and i feel that as well like when it comes to youtubers like once once you're once you're like a youtuber that they love or once you're an, a, a star that they love they're like i will support you for life unless you <laughs> yeah. do something like really really bad <laughs> yeah. I, I think another thing to that people don't realize is that indians love cinema globally I mean, obviously, you have Indians that are very passionate about Indian cinema and nothing else. But there are lots of Indians who love Korean cinema and, and Jackie Chan and American cinema. There are so many passionate people about Harry Potter and Game of Thrones in India and Marvel and DC. They don't like Star Wars. But um, <laughs> not that they don't like it. They just don't care. There's you know? not as many people who, if, who enjoy Star Wars. Yeah. If, a, if The way it was put to me was if there's a Shah Rukh Khan film that's come out and a Star Wars film that's come out, people are going to skip Star Wars and go watch the Shah Rukh Khan film. Um, Shah, I don't blame him. Yeah, Shah Rukh Khan's one of the biggest stars to come out of India. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. But if there's a Marvel film <laughs> and a Shah Rukh Khan film, then, you know, there might be some competition there. Yeah. So, so what I'm ultimately saying is, you know, Greg and a lot of people on YouTube who are primarily focused on Western cinema probably have a substantial amount of Indian followers and don't even realize it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, Greg is aware of his Indian followers now, right. but like there's a lot of people who have Indian followers that don't even realize it because Indians are very passionate about just cinema in general. Yeah. 
they care about two things at the end of the day cricket and cinema <laughs> that's it it's great to know uh yeah. well yeah because you mentioned rr and that you know made such a big splash this past year um it was up there you know with like in the conversation with people saying like this is is, is this what Indian cinema is like is this you know is it just a, a wild you know Marvel DC type trip like every single time but like you know there's like depths to it you know there's different genres in its own right um, but what was it like for you someone who's had your kind of you know finger on the pulse of this thing for several years now what was it like seeing that reaction to RR in American culture over the last year you know I've had that experience three times in the last five years um, and I don't know how to feel. It's just like kind of awkward. <laughs> so the first one was when Parasite won Best Picture. Mm. It's just like everyone got super excited about it. And I'm like, you guys have never seen Korean cinema before. Like, this is a thing. It's been around forever. <laughs> like, there's lots of movies just like Parasite. <laughs> you can get more of them if you just check out Korean cinema. And they're very epic and cool and interesting and thought provoking. Oh, there's, yeah, there's a lot. I mean, you can just look look at Squid Games as a, just another example of like that's in, that's not like a, a movie, but that's an example of like that's what Korean cinema is kind of like. It's right. just like it's uncomfortable, but it's interesting. You can't look away. It's emotional. They, it's emotional. They'll do things that you just like. What the hell? It's you know, weird. It, it, it just kind of blows your mind. Yeah. And so, um, and then uh, RRR was the second instance of that where it's like, it's just weird that people are now catching on because this has been around. And then the third was Michelle Yeoh. It's mm -hmm. it's just like, she's been around forever. <laughs> and you guys are just getting hip to her because of everything everywhere all at once. Right. So each time I, I just, I have this weird thing where I just, I kind of step back mm -hmm. and I, I don't like, I, it's weird because I should get more involved in the conversation when that happens, but people get really competitive with their passion mm -hmm. when it comes to something new that they're excited about. You know, I remember being in high school and being very, very excited about all your base are belong to us. <laughs> and no, like my, my friend at the time, Tim, Tim Miller had no idea what it was. And I told him, and then suddenly it was like, he found it by himself and he was like writing it on the, on the, on the class board and stuff like that. And he kept like, he wouldn't stop talking about it. And I was like, dude, I'm the one that told you about it. Like, stop <laughs> acting like you came up with it. You know, it's like, and it's so, but that's how people get like, they get supremely passionate about it. And so I just shut up. And I'm like, okay, well, go ahead and let's see how you're feeling about six months if you're still passionate about that area. Because I want to see if those people are still passionate about Michelle Yeoh five years from now about other things she does. Mm -hmm. I want to see if people are still passionate about Indian cinema five years from now after RRR has, you know, not is, is fallen out of trend, you know? Yeah, no, but I mean, I, I thought it was really cool. Um, I loved RRR. And I, I know, like, there were a lot of... Uh, a lot of our Indian audience, like, appreciated the film, but they they kind of responded in the same way that I did to Parasite which was like I mean the film's good but like I feel like I've seen better right. um <laughs> and and uh that was kind of their feeling but like I understand well, they were just confused why that one was the one that popped yeah because they were like but we we have so many wonderful films right. and and it's true there are so many wonderful films uh that have come out of India um but I think there was just something about maybe it was like when it released and like just it was really accessible to an American audience, I feel, because the story is easy to understand. Mm -hmm. It's universal. It's about, you know, people who are oppressed mm -hmm. rising up. It's about friendship. It's about brotherhood. It's about love. Um, and there's some kick-ass action. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's completely bonkers. And yeah. you don't really get a lot of that in 
in Western cinema at the moment. And so I think it just kind of hit at a time that just like unlocked a door. And for that, I think it's so cool. And if it means that more people outside of India are more curious now about Indian cinema, I say great. Yeah. No, Go I, explore. Yeah. Have fun. Well, I think that to what you're saying, timing is everything, right? And so in Western cinema, there's just a lot of, I think a lot of cynicism has kind of taken over mm-hmm. for a number of reasons. And it we've kind of lost, not completely, but it's, it seemed like we kind of lost the art of just having fun. Right. And John Wick is one of the few films that is just there to have fun. Right. It's not trying to teach you anything. It's just <laughs> trying to have fun. Yeah. Um. And so RRR was kind of like hitting that middle ground that not a lot of films hit. And I think Everything Everywhere kind of did the same thing where it's like it's kind of saying something, but it's there to entertain you at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's just like it's an entertaining, passionate movie. And it moves you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And so... It's a fun cinematic experience, which I, I think people were probably hungry for. So, the 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 whole thing with like the 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 competition of passion is something that I, we, you know we kind of ran into when we went. We were at a screening of um, uh, Brahmastra, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there were some people there who were watching this, like I guess their second or third or whatever Indian film. And there was a lady behind me who was asking, you know, what should I recommend to my friend? who's never watched an Indian film before or a Bollywood film before. She wants to see a Bollywood film. And I started recommending movies. And she's like, no, no, that one's not good because of this, 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 and this, and this, and this. And she started breaking down exactly why this film I suggested, which I thought she would have never heard of, (laughs) was not the right movie. And I'm like, oh, so she's just testing me. She's not actually asking me a question. She's trying to test my knowledge of Indian cinema. And and then I said, well, you know, maybe you should just show your friend RRR. That's a really good accessible film. And this, you know, dude at the at, at, like to Achara's right was like, that's not Bollywood. That's a co- totally different region. And I'm like, I know, guy, but like, and I tried to explain it, but then he got super like, just defensive about like, oh, you should have a, you know, you should distinguish between Bollywood, Tollywood, Hollywood. It's like, dude, I know, like I've <laughs> been in this longer than you've been aware of RRR. And I was just like, you know what? I'm going to just shut the F up. I do not need to get angry at this guy. I'm not going to know him after this movie's over. So I'm just going to walk away. And that's, that's why I just shut up. <laughs> I'm like, I'm just going to keep doing my thing over here. Cause you guys, for you guys, this is just like trend of the week. For me, this is my career and I'm going to keep on, and doing my thing, I, I, like I'm not going to engage in the conversation. I will say though, like funnily, because uh, his his sister edits for us as well over here, and she helps me out with a lot of uh, stuff in the office. Mm-hmm. And you know, over the years, as she's been like slowly more and more exposed to Indian cinema, and at first she was kind of like you know whatever about it right. but now that she's been more and more exposed and she's like watching our reactions to some of the movies and stuff she's like oh that movie looked really good i actually went home and then i watched it on netflix and it was a really good film i'm like oh my god it's only taken you like how long to get to this point yeah. you know and then she'll like often ask me like Oh yeah, so I saw the trailer reaction to this one. Was that a good one? I'm like, yes, yes, watch it, watch it, watch it. Yeah. You know, it's it's really exciting when when it's like, oh, you know, people 
we are affecting people and and their choices and and wanting to to watch different yeah. things. Any, yeah, anyone anyone who's passionate about our American channel will naturally at some point find the Indian channel mm -hmm. and then get curious from there. Yeah. And and so whenever someone asks me if I've never seen an Indian film, like what do you recommend? One of the first things I recommend is not RRR. I recommend Gully Boy. Because I'm like, that is a fun, interesting movie that has the musical elements. And it's got enough of that kind of Western uh, influence in there. It's super accessible. It's very accessible. To a Western you can person. easily understand the story of what's going on. Even if you don't have the energy to read the subtitles, mm -hmm. you'll still be able to follow along. You'll, you'll get a sense of like how it stands with respect to Western society. And like you, you, I feel like you'll learn a lot about Indian culture and the vibe and the energy and like just and and it's fun and accessible. You know, it's like it's a very very cool film made by one of the best directors that's just out there. Period. Not just from India, but I I feel like Zoya Akhtar is just one of the best directors out there. She's awesome. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so I recommend Goli Boy to everybody. I feel like that's just an easy, fun, entertaining movie to get into. Yeah. Awesome. That just kind of falls into like the west it's more western style of filmmaking while telling an indian story and then that way once you're kind of like oh i'm primed <laughs> now you're ready and then and then you can go deeper into the yeah. stuff that's like yeah. a lot more musical right. um that it, i feel like western or american cinema has kind of veered away from that musical format yes quite a lot and so you kind of have to be prepared going into it like yeah. oh this is actually a musical yeah <laughs> yeah right it's a good gateway good gateway yeah. film for, yeah. for all that yeah i mean it's, i i totally see what you're saying uh the, the the culture clash of like you know everyone being exposed to our, our last year than trying to explore the possibilities of indian cinema uh now uh was very apparent because uh, even my uh partner uh drew grant who uh, is the managing editor of fashion fruit here uh we saw it late in the year we saw it around i think november of last year and uh we loved it uh, obviously but like uh she tweeted online she's like oh my gosh loved rr can't wait for uh the, for them to you know to do more uh james gunn better you know snap them up for something in dc before marvel does it was like a really kind of offhanded comment she made on twitter and a lot of people came after her <laughs> saying like oh how dare you try and like you know take them away from indian cinema like you're just trying to like reappropriate them into like american movies stuff like that she's like no no i'm sorry like i just tried to like, i just really would love to see the see more of them that's that's the whole, where it boils down to so we just want to see more Aww. we just want to see more you know we're just not trying to put anything in any boxes uh yeah but uh yeah that, that's a great recommendation for girly boy um is there anything else uh, any other uh, filmmakers that you recommend, uh, like you said, like someone who's like not just an Indian filmmaker, but someone who just is a great filmmaker. Period. Is there anyone you recommend checking out? Um, Anurag Kashyap is the other one, but his older stuff. Uh, he had a really huge one. Um, Gangs of Wasipur called Gangs of Wasipur. That was one and two. Very very interesting. Um, I think those are the ones to start with. Honestly, anything <laughs> from Zoya Akhtar, and in, uh, anything older from Anurag Kashyap. I think is the, is the best place to start. And then if you're looking for more of that RRR vibe, I would go with that same director. Um, I think that, you know, Iga, Iga. is such a, a weird, fascinating... So much cooler than Bahubali. Ent entertaining movie. <laughs> that might be a hot take. But um, yeah, Iga. It's about, it's about a fly. And you care about him. Yeah. It's about a fly who's like a superhero. There's a movie called There's a movie called I, which is weird, but so interesting and entertaining. Yeah. Um, and actually, VFX artists reacted a breakdown on the movie I, mm -hmm. completely blown away with what they did in that movie. Um, All right. 
Yeah, and so I'm trying to think what else. There's no, a like uh, there's Three a, Idiots is yeah. also lovely. There, PK. There, oh, PK. I love PK. But um, there's a film called um, Chuck to India. I think anything sports is always easy to jump into. Oh, yeah. Great film. Um, Achara watched a movie called Bog Milk a Bog recently. Very good. I, I watched it a long time ago. It's one of my favorite Indian films of all time. And it's a sports movie. I think sports films are just easier, easier. To, to, to jump into. And Chuck to India is one. And Bog Milk a Bog is another one. And it's got like, Bog Milk a Bog has all the, the, the classic things of Bollywood. You know, yeah. you've got the songs and you all that stuff. You've got the love everything. story. Yeah. Um, and it's like, I, I kind of I kind of compare it to something like Whiplash in that you have a character in there who is so passionate about like what he's doing that he has to make so many sacrifices to move forward. Right. Um, and so, and there's a lot of like heartache in that movie trauma as well. And trauma as well. And so it's, it's a very interesting movie. I'd, I'd say Bog Milka Bog. B-H-A-A-G-M-I-L-K-H-A-B-H-A-A-G. Run, Milka, yeah. run. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so. Perfect. Uh, thank you. Thank you for all the recommendations. Uh, that yeah. I'm definitely going to look into, into those because it's something I'm also uh, eager to, to try out and learn more about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A, lo a lot of Americans get kind of concerned when they see the runtime of stuff. <laughs> right. But um, there's a film I watched the other day called Mohabatan, which is like three and a half hours. And the person I was watching it with was like, what? <laughs> you want me to do what? And so, but um, when we got into it, it was like, oh, like, this is just a really compelling movie. Like, the thing is, generally speaking, those three, three and a half hours don't feel like that. Like, right. they, it, it, generally speaking, it flies. Right. And you'll have, a, you'll have like, you'll have instances where a movie is two, two and a half hours that feel like four hours from India. Whereas a three, three and a half hour film will just fly by and you won't even know where the time went. Right. Yeah. Right. You know? Yeah. I, right. uh, yeah, I, I yep. recently watched uh, Three Idiots. Um, that was oh, uh, one cool. I watched That's it for. Oh, yeah, I um, love that one. Iman Snow, uh, she, she had watched it for a reaction, so I helped her with the edit for that. And uh, yeah, it was a really beautiful movie. And like you said, it, it flies by because it's 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 a little under. It's about two hours and 45 minutes. But uh, the thing about that and our artists from a limited experience with these films is that they feel very well fleshed out. So nothing feels like it's dragging in a way where it's like, oh, like, this could have been like you know condensed or something like it really feels like they took their time in a really meticulous manner and that's mm -hmm. that's why i appreciate about it yeah yeah three idiots is a, is a great one actually super good yeah yeah that's like that's one of those films that pretty much every indian knows yeah <laughs> you know because it like speaks to the experience of you know the parental pressure right going into engineering because there are only three viable options for careers it's doctor lawyer or engineer oh um dongal is another great one for westerners i think the ending's a little bit tricky uh it was for me but i think overall dongal is a great experience for westerners it's a sports movie about wrestling nice. in india and it's about the, uh this guy who is a former wrestler that is trying to have a son so that he can have him become a wrestler and kind of like take over where he left off mm -hmm. in his wrestling career and he ends up having daughters, and so he's kind of oh. screwed, and thinks he's he, he he thinks he's just you know sol, um because he's got daughters. But then come to find out, they are feisty as hell, and he realizes that he can actually have them become wrestlers, and that's where the story takes. And off. it's based on a true. Story. And it's based on a true story. Yeah, yeah. that sounds great. Yeah, I'll definitely check yeah. that one out as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like I said, you know, it's it, I I love learning just you know, the ins and outs of you know everything. For the channel for yourselves um and one thing i always point out to everyone at the end of these things is that 
uh, I emphasize to everyone who's starting, who's in this, who wants to be reminded of what they're doing here, is that these channels need to be, first and foremost, an outlet for yourself on a very personal level. And then that is how you can develop it into like some sort of a business and let it flourish. Um, so mm -hmm. I want to ask, beyond any financial or monetary value, what would you say is the most rewarding part of your channel for yourself, for each of you at this point in time? Oh, gosh, there's two, two, there's two things that come to mind immediately. I don't if I had if I sat and thought about this longer, if I knew the question was coming, I probably could give you a better answer. But like one thing I, I really enjoy is like whether it's a Chara or sorry, whether, whether it's a Chara or someone new, like a guest that I just get along with. Like, I really like that experience of going on this journey with a friend, mm -hmm. you know, and being able to share that experience is like just super cool. You know, um, so it's like that personable thing. I really like that aspect of it. And I also just like the aspect of the audience. Like, I actually really, really enjoy live streaming because <laughs> I, I get a lot of gratification out of the interaction with the audience and sort of that playfulness uh, that we can have together, especially when I feel like I have a good, substantial understanding of my audience. Mm -hmm. On the American side, I am genuinely confused <laughs> about what my what my audience what my audience's personality is. Right. And maybe that has to do with the fact that it's more, ironically, more global than the Indian side. Mm -hmm. Because the Indian side is like you're coming from a certain diaspora, right? And so it's easier to kind of understand that personality, even though you have a wide swath of personalities and people, like you kind of have an understanding of like the... The collective experience. The, the collective experience, right. right? Whereas on the Western side, you're, you're dealing with people from like, everywhere and so if i were to do a live stream on that side i wouldn't have the same confidence in terms of like the playfulness and the interactiveness uh like we just did a spider-man uh, across the universe live stream and i really wasn't sure who i was talking to at any given moment and so i was just Spider-verse, but yes i'm uh, sorry across the spider-verse <laughs> i keep messing that up um but like with the indian side i especially love live streaming Right. Like that's the, that seems to be the only time where our sense of humor is on the same page <laughs> is when we're live streaming. Because <laughs> like I've done short films that I meant for my American audience because I didn't have an Indian audience at the time. And I shared it with the Indian audience and they didn't get the humor. Right. And I'm like, but what? I don't understand because I get your humor. Why don't you get my humor? <laughs> and like it, it doesn't go it doesn't go both ways when I'm like telling a cinematic thing. But if we're just hanging out on a live stream, we we get each other. That's like, so funny because we just put out this short on on Cine Daisy about your Pulau joke. Uh -huh. So it's it's this joke that he made in an interview where he goes, "Oh, I have a dad joke," and it's basically, uh, "What is Indians' uh, most like favorite uh, birth contraceptive. control contraceptive yeah. method?" <laughs> and then the, the, our guest was like, "What?" And he goes, Pulau, um, which is a which is a dish. It's a rice dish. Right. And I saw a comment. But it sounds a lot like Pulau. That yeah. <laughs> and then I saw a comment and this guy was like, I don't understand. <laughs> Can someone explain to me why this is funny? And then someone explained to him like, Pulau sounds like pull out. And then I saw that his reply to that was just like a bunch of like laughing emojis. And I was like, that is so cute. <laughs> Someone had to explain to him the punchline of the joke so he could laugh belatedly. But he so wanted to know. Yeah. I, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of well, like that's one of the things. Film. See, that's one of the things that happens when you are of a completely different culture and you're someone like me who just kind of latches on to sounds and particular things that sort of. <laughs> you can kind of remember. 
Right. And so like I'm co- I'm constantly whenever I'm I'm dealing with someone from a different language, I'm constantly kind of word playing off of things that I know from English because I only know one language. Achara is a is very studious and she's all about understanding things. <laughs> and so for her, she wants to get it right. For me, I'm trying to make a joke all the time. And so like whenever I speak to a Japanese person, I've I've really really gone out of my way to learn how to fluently say I don't speak Japanese in <laughs> Japanese just to confuse them. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> that's one of my favorite things to do. Yeah. And so anytime I hear an Indian word that sounds kind of American, I'll try to make a pun or a joke on it. Yeah. And so right. But like that's one of those things that's like you can't do that with an American. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's like the 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 humor is a hundred percent different. There's no way to do that same joke with an American and it be funny. Right, right. You know, it's it's just because of an understanding of that culture. And so your jokes of the American side are just different. I think I just get loud and obnoxious <laughs> to the American side. <laughs> and, and then people enjoy that. And so, like, I, that happened today on the Spider-Man live stream where I got super passionate about something. I don't remember what. And then I just saw a bunch of, like, laughing emojis and people, like, getting excited about that for some reason. I'm like, okay, I'm starting to... I'm just now getting out of the infancy of understanding my American audience. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and then for me, mm-hmm. I guess... Um, I I just when I really think about it, like when I have a bad day and I'm feeling stressed out or or something, and that, that there's deadlines or there is a lot of work or or whatever that day, I just remind myself how goddamn lucky are we yeah. that we get to like we get to say our job is that we watch things. Yeah. And we get to make a living doing this. Like, I would do this with my friends for free, yeah. you know? <laughs> like, and, and that's what that's what I love about it. And that's what I love about performing and acting and all of that. Because I, I, always, I was always drawn to that. Because I was like, why wouldn't I want to get paid to yeah. just play? <laughs> yeah. Just have fun. And so, like... I, I constantly try and and just remind ourselves like, you know, like in the moment, sometimes it can feel like life or death mm-hmm. uh, to get a, a reaction video to something out right now, right now, right now. It's so important. And it's like, in the grand scheme of things, those are really that important. It's not <laughs> that important. We're just watching things and having a good time. So yeah. the most important thing is, are you having a good time? And that's, that's what I try and do. I, I think one of the benefits of doing what we do, though, is that uh, in a generation where your attention span is constantly fleeting, mm-hmm. when you make a reaction video, um, you are charged with paying attention. <laughs> you have to pay attention. Right. You. It is your responsibility to pay attention. You can't be on your phone. You can't be looking at IMDb. You can't be playing a game at the same time or messing around or just stopping when you feel like. like you have to engage with it the way that your parents engaged with content back then. Right. And it's it's one of those things that teaches you to have a proper attention span because if you don't, you're not going to, it's just not going to go right. Mm-hmm. You know, like the video won't be, you can't edit the video or people are going to be annoyed with you for not paying attention to the content, yeah, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it can be a challenge sometimes to be an entertaining individual while engaging with something. Um, but I can guarantee you I'm paying attention more than most people watching the same thing because a lot of people's attention spans are quite fleeting these days. Although I will say after like reacting on things for so long, it's kind of ruined me for going to movie theaters now because like I feel like I have to 
like hold back because yeah. <laughs> I kind of want to talk more. Well, I want to I want to turn to Jabby and be like, "Oh my god, Jabby, <laughs> what just happened?" And like, and and just be super loud and expressive. And I'm like, you know, not not everyone wants to watch their movie like that. Achara, calm yeah. down. This isn't at the studio where that's what people want to see right so shut up lady it's the (laughs) but but on the other hand it makes you a better audience member in other ways like you know i will clap if i feel like it i will laugh i will just have my expressiveness while watching a movie because you know what greg has uh what greg told me he tells um guests when they come on like back in the day i don't know if he still does this but what he told me is he tells people to unzip yeah. He's like, and so I kind of took that and expanded it into like five crazy rules that I tell people. But like one of them, one of the things I say is like, because we, we, we would get a lot of actors on the channel. Right. And, I, and I would ask them, I, I would say, look, so in acting class, they teach you to internalize. But for this, you have to do the exact opposite. Not that you need to fake anything. I don't want you to make up emotion. But whatever it is that you're feeling, you got to let that out. You can't hide it. Right. You can't. It's not internalizing. Internalizing. It's externalizing here. Um, and I got that from Greg. And so, but you practice that daily. You start doing it everywhere. Yeah. And people are like, what the hell? Who is this person like, over here? Okay, it's funny. But like, oh my God, was it that far? I'm like, I don't know. I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. So I'm going with that, you yeah. know? Yeah. 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 It's the, it's the clashing etiquettes uh, of, yes, internal, yeah. external type where, where it's best appropriated <laughs> to, to be to put. But um, yeah, those, those my apologies for answer. being long winded, by the way. No I problem at all. For like, I anyway. appreciate the insight. That's what we're here for. <laughs> Always. Um, yeah. That, I mean, that's a fantastic way to wrap things up today. Uh, I appreciate you guys coming on. We do have a final questionnaire uh, that is inspired by the Inside the Art Studio Proust questionnaire. Just 10 questions straight down the answer, I guess. You can both answer, so it'll be 20 answers for the 10 questions. Uh, short answers. Short yeah, answers, yeah, yeah. So quick. So it's just short. down the barrel I'll where you can my think best. of. <laughs> I'll try my best. Uh, first question. Uh, what is your favorite TV show? Avatar The Last Airbender. Okay, yeah, I'll go with that. <laughs> it's hard. Yeah, Avatar. That's, that's a fantastic pick. Uh, what is your favorite film? Whiplash. I don't have... Kung Fu Panda. Kung Fu Panda! <laughs> I know. I was. I, I could beat you to it. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> no, it's hard because so many films are really great. But yeah, it, my criteria for my favorite film is one that I can watch over and over again. So Kung Fu Panda. Achara's favorite movie that she's only watched once is Rocky. I love that film. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great little feature. Uh, question three: What stresses you out? The audience. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, 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 it's not the audience. It's not the audience. It's the copyright issues that oh, yeah. that stresses me out more than anything. It's like because I want people to be happy. That's why I said the audience, because I, I want I'm inherently an individual. As much as I come off as an asshole or an obnoxious person, I really want people to be happy at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I, I care so much about that. And if if I sense that something is off with someone, I'm, I, I, I will lose my mind trying to figure out, like, how do I make sure that like I correct that? And so, like, I always want my audience to be happy as much as possible. But at the end of the day, to answer the question in short, copyright claims. <laughs> Jabby. <laughs> Jabby makes you. Yeah, he stresses me out because of all those things. Yeah. And then he comes to me and he's like, ah! And then I'm like, <laughs> yeah, Achara's yeah. a, a, Achara's a pretty chill person. I am super chill. Yeah. Uh, well, a second question is, uh, our next question is, what helps you relax? 
<laughs> I don't think I can answer that on camera. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> okay. Uh, what what helps me? I don't think anything helps me relax. No, <laughs> he, he's just like yeah. tightly tightly wound <laughs> all uh, the time. Gym going to the gym helps me yes, relax. That's true. Going you to the gym. Like going I to can the say gym. that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I like. Um, yeah, having a good conversation with a friend, um, and and doing some self care like. Mm taking a bath and giving myself a facial or something right. yeah that's very nice <laughs> yeah uh what medium outside of tv and film do you enjoy the most uh video games but i mean if we're talking about like entertainment wise uh, anything uh yeah medium like uh, games I mean, books, I, music anything i love i love exercise i love mm -hmm. mar i love gymnastics you know i like i used to i, don't, I haven't trained in a while but i love flipping that's one of the things I'm like supremely passionate about on Instagram. I will just watch people flipping all the time because I, I just I love what you can do with your body. And so for me, it's like, you know, train weight training and, and flipping if I, if I could find the time. <laughs> yeah. But video games. Yeah. Right. Also, I love food. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> like, although I was just thinking today, I'm like, I really need to start trying to do things that are not food related on my downtime <laughs> but i think about food all the time like what i want to eat what i want to cook where i want to go eat yeah uh, i was i was studying ballet for a little bit as well and i plan to go back to it at some point um i love i love that stuff i am a, also a huge gearhead like yeah. i own way too much gear <laughs> in terms of like lenses and cameras and computers sound and equipment sound equipment like i love computers and camera stuff and like all that this arrangement i have here for my personal space is way so complicated <laughs> more than it needs to be because i love technical stuff as well that's good i mean that's that's a, that's a very passionate hobby i know of people who do the same so it, it, it can add up that's the, that's the down part about it um what has been your favorite experience uh, with the channel? Um, watching something or otherwise, like the experience of the audience reaction or uh, anything? Um, this is going to sound shallow, but I think freedom mm -hmm. from doing anything else. Because like most people, like Achara said earlier, you know, like we watch movies for a living. And the thing is, we're not confined to any particular space. I can go to Japan and do this job. Right. And I could still talk to my audience as long as I got Internet. I can do this job from anywhere in the world True. in theory. True. So just freedom, basically. Yeah. But, you know, that and like just getting to connect with people um, from different cultures and getting to go to India and and meeting people who know our stuff and who appreciate us. And, and that has been so, so much fun. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Uh, what film or show do you wish you could erase from your memory and react to for the first time? Oh, everything, everywhere, all at once. Really? <laughs> yeah, I would. I would love to just. I, I would. I. I love that movie so much. <laughs> if I could shoot a like completely fresh reaction to it, yeah. I think I would love to. I think for me, it's Whiplash, just because I was so caught off guard by that movie. Mm -hmm. Like, there's just nothing. Every time I tried to predict where it was going, because I, I I will make predictions while watching a film of where I anticipate, you know, what I anticipate is going to come up. I couldn't anticipate any move in Whiplash. It right. was like I was doing chess with the movie, yeah. and I was it was destroying me. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, two fantastic picks. Uh, what profession would you like to try other than reacting? 
<laughs> that we haven't tried already. Yeah, that's not a dream profession. Like, even if you were a kid, what, what did you want to try? Oh, that's a weird question. I mean, if I were to do anything else, if it wasn't entertainment related, I'd probably be a lawyer. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're good at arguing. I'm very passionate about arguing and, de <laughs> and debating people. Um, and I will prove my my point. <laughs> I will go out of my way. Um, but if I were to do anything else right now and it's not directly entertainment related, it would probably be creating some kind of a tech or gear channel. That makes sense. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I think I my interests definitely lie in entertainment. And so, you know, if I wasn't doing this, then I'd, I'd still want to be like focusing more on uh, acting and, and whatnot. But outside of that, when I was very young, I wanted to be a doctor. Mm, but right. that was really born out of a, a thing where my my best friend at the time, her mom was a, an interior designer. And so we, me and my friend, we loved to like sing and dance and do little shows. And then her mom said to us, she goes, leave the singing and dancing to the, to the pretty girls with no brains. You should do something that requires your brain. And so I was like, oh, and that like really stuck with me. And I was like, oh, what's the hardest thing I could possibly do? I know I could be a doctor. And then quickly realized that, that isn't what I want to do. And you and 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 you know the the entertaining doesn't have to be just for the pretty girls. It can yeah. be for everyone. If I could go back in time, I would probably not be such an a, a, such a stubborn child when my mom was trying to give me piano lessons. Yeah. <laughs> um. I if I could go back in time, I would have told like if I could tell my young self something, and actually get it to like stick and mean something is is to not be afraid to take chances number one because mm -hmm. in, it was like earlier on i was afraid to take chances but number two is like learn music bitch like <laughs> learn music learn how to sing learn how to play the guitar learn that goddamn piano learn it because it will pay off in dividends later on right girls will love you yeah <laughs> uh well that feeds into our last question uh what advice would you give to yourself if you go back could go back in time when you started the channel the, the 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 biggest thing is to is to take chances like because I, I was really afraid of i was such a perfectionist that i wouldn't do something mm -hmm. and the thing is the more that you're a perfectionist and this happens to a lot of people because you you're like all the the stars have to or the planets have to align it's got to be just right meanwhile some other someone else who's just like you but doesn't have your uh, inhibition is just doing it again and again and again and again and getting it done yeah and being better because they have more experience because they're getting it done and they're getting more successful while you're toiling away trying to make something perfect they're just doing it right. and so we some of a lot of us get so wound up on you know trying to align all of the elements to be just right when you don't have to just experiment, especially early on. Like, if you are trying to do YouTube and no one knows who the heck you are, that's the perfect time to screw up. You're gonna <laughs> screw up. Like, just I'll just accept that you'll screw up and and learn from it and move for, move on from there and just try to learn from your screw ups and not to make those same mistakes. And if you do, it's okay. Like, just keep like like you said earlier, just keep trying, just keep going for it. It's like I would have told my younger self, just keep taking chances. Stop being afraid. Just go and take those chances. Yeah, fail forward. Yeah, yeah. Let's do that. What about no, you? Yeah, that's. I mean that that that's <laughs> that's very good. Uh, thanks for stealing that. Um, no, I uh, that and yeah, just just don't be afraid to be yourself. 
I think I think for a long time I was very a lot more reserved or whatever and definitely doing YouTube has given me a thicker skin and also has made me realize that it's okay to be like the weird me <laughs> that I am <laughs> you know it's fine it's, yeah. oh and like if I were to tell myself anything else it would be that whatever you're stressed about in, in a year it won't matter uh, yeah exactly chill often freak out. yeah oftentimes the things that we get wound up about don't matter in about a year right it's true so Very I've true. experienced that lesson over and over again with like reaction videos where I get really stressed out about something because I'm trying to get it done. And then like a year later, I don't even remember that thing. Yeah. You know, that's very, very true. Uh, Yeah. Greg, Greg mentioned something very similar about the being experimental early on. And uh, the quote I always try to live by for these things is don't get it right, get it written, just do it and you can perfect it along the way. Um, and that's what we're doing here uh, with this show. Uh, you guys are one of the first interviews I've done with this. And I'm very, very happy that you were able to join me today because I appreciate your time, your insight on this whole thing. Very, very much so. Uh, and yeah, we're doing this uh, every week now. Uh, you can find this on uh, Passion Fruit uh, presented by and uh, this is Reactive Force podcast. I appreciate everyone watching. Jabby, Achara, where can we find both of you on the channel t- together, collectively or individually online? Um, well, the channel that I would recommend to your audience is Cinepals. Um, if you're interested in Indian stuff, then check out Cine Desi. Um, so Cinepals is C-I-N-E-P-A-L-S. I'm sure you'll have links. Mm-hmm. And then Cine Desi is C-I-N-E-D-E-S-I. Um, if you're trying to find me on Instagram, it's at Jabby Kaway. And, um, I'll just leave it at that because the Twitter stuff and the other accounts get so complicated. Right. Yeah. Right oh, I mean, I'm at Achara Kirk on uh twitter and instagram i'm not i'm definitely not that active on twitter but feel free um and instagram i'm, I'm trying to get there you know it's, it's it's sporadic you might catch me um i do have my youtube <laughs> Javi's like what uh, at achara which at some point i'm sure i'll post some more stuff on but yeah just follow me on instagram we can we can chat it'll be fun Sounds great. Uh, thank you everyone for joining us today. Uh, if you're watching this on the newsletter, uh, please share, uh, subscribe, all that good stuff. And we will see you on the next one.